Welcome to Lead Today with me, Kalina. Let's talk leadership. Hey everyone, and welcome to this episode of the show. Today we're talking about a question that I get regularly from coaching clients, just people that ask me about my businesses. And so I wanted to share some insights that I've gathered from building my own businesses, being in Founders Institute, which is a startup accelerator, clients that I've spoken with, coached, and some consulting gigs I've had. So, you know, I've worked, I started my first business in 2012. I was 19 and if anything, that fact should tell you that <laughs> there's no right way to start. What is more important is is to actually begin. And so while I'll give you the first five steps I would take to start a new business today, what I want to make very clear from the get-go is that if you do step number well, you might have a harder time if you do these steps out of order, but certainly doing a step is going to be way better than thinking about doing the step, thinking about starting the business. Business is about doing. It's about things in the real world. It's about bringing problems from the real world into your mind, crafting a solution to those problems, and then bringing that solution to life and helping people solve real problems. And so, well, I guess we'll, we'll go through the five steps and then I'll share some pitfalls that I've seen that I've had myself or that I've seen clients or other startups in um, Founders Institute have just share some insights as to some of the pitfalls. So as I was alluding to, number one is to identify a problem. If you're in a certain industry, if you have a business already but are struggling to get clients, if you took a training, I see this a lot with people that take coaching training, and then they say, okay, I want to coach people, but the business side is sort of murky to me. Well, yeah, because a coaching course, while very useful, is not a business course because a coaching course is about how to listen effectively and ask powerful questions within a conversation. Now, what does coaching set you up for? The ability to run customer interviews, which we'll get to um, in step two. But usually what actually starts people on the trail of starting a business is that there's a problem they've identified in the world that they would like to solve or that bothers them or that they're solving already that they get interest in solving further or in a different way, or there's some innovation in technology. And now this is where the pitfall is, in my opinion, is a lot of times I would see in Founders Institute and with other startups, the, the challenge they would face is there would be a really cool technology, let's say AI let's say, you know, something with machine learning or um, like um, that optical technology, like the AR, VR, like virtual reality, like some really cool technology that you think, wow, this would be super awesome to use. And if you're a technical person that has that technical knowledge, this is even more so for you because you can absolutely fall into a pit of really, really loving the technology, but missing out on the business part of 
a business, which is you have to help real people. You have to solve a real problem for people or for your customer, whether it's animals or the planet, but there has to be a problem that you're solving very specifically for your intended end user. And so if you go in with an idea, the problem can be that you identify and develop a solution to something that isn't necessarily there, or your solution doesn't exactly cater to any one specific problem. And so people won't buy it. So you might have a really cool software or technology or idea for a program. It really doesn't matter what your offer is. If it doesn't directly solve someone's problem, you're going to have trouble selling it. And I've had this issue. I've also had the issue of trying to build an offer around a problem that I thought existed, but didn't actually get validation for. And that leads me to step number two. So step number one is identify a real problem that people have. And the caveat there is people that you actually want to serve. So if you don't want to work with cats, then maybe don't identify a problem with cats. And I mean, that sounds really linear, but so many people will go down the rabbit hole of a certain industry or problem that they think it will be profitable or is a good idea and they don't actually care about it or they don't think they want to dedicate time to solving it. And remember, when you start a business, you are committing your time to this problem and to the solution you're going to build and to the people that you serve. And so you better like and not just like, but have a need in your whether it's you know heart or in your gut, however you make decisions, but you better believe that there is a need for this in the market, because without that tenacity, without that spirit and drive of a need, you're going to run into the problem of, oh, I'm not motivated or everything else is going to take precedence over it. And it's not going to happen, or at least not as quickly or not as effectively as it could. The people that I see do really well in business, they are absolutely convinced that they are the person to solve this problem on the planet. And that's something in Founders Institute that was repeated regularly because um, in the startup world, which is a very, very unique area in business. And so maybe I'll touch upon that because I definitely didn't do my due diligence in understanding what I was walking into before I started Founders Institute, that's for sure. So I'd like to get into that a little bit. Your team, and in the beginning, if that's just you, that's fine, but your team, needs to be crystal clear that they are the people to be solving this problem, especially if you want investment, especially if you want other people to work with you. They're going to ask who's working on this, right? And if you don't have background in something or any competency, it's okay. But then you're going to have to prove yourself, right? If you're young and you don't have any professional experience, any testimonials, any experience, or you're changing industries, you want to solve a problem that you've never solved, no problem but then you need to even be more convinced that this is something you need to solve because you're going to need the grit to go in and gain clients and speak with people and convince them and show them that you are the one that's going to solve this problem best for them. So, okay, now you have a problem identified that for a group of people that you're committed to and you know you want to solve. Great. Now go talk to those people about that problem and about what solutions they're using already, if any. This is critical. Client interviews, I talk about it in my book, Memorable. Um, it's in part three. Anybody worth their salt that's doing a business idea or bringing a business idea to life is going to run customer interviews. 
this is something that they absolutely advocated for in Founders Institute. Um, any business training I've ever done, this is just 101 because you have to understand the people that you're solving the problem for. And it could be a problem that you had in your past, right? Or maybe you've solved for um, your clients. And so you feel confident in how to solve it. That's great. But then go talk to those people or go see what the cats <laughs> don't know why I have cats on my mind. Actually I do. I had a client yesterday talking about cats um, and, a, and a business idea around cats. Um, go and see what the problem is with your target audience. And if you don't have a target audience, you cannot be on step two of building a business because you have to be serving someone. And I think the biggest issue I see with this is people kind of put this off or they they make it take a super long time. And that doesn't need to be the case, right? Each one of these steps you could theoretically do, I mean, in a week, right? Like in five weeks, you could have your first 10 clients if you were super motivated. Again, depending on what business you're in and if you're selling B2B, then it's going to be a longer sales cycle. So maybe if you don't have clients, already or contacts already in a corporate setting might be a little bit more work to get those first 10 clients, but you know, you can absolutely be well on your way in five weeks time if you've declared that you want to start this business. So again, remember, don't move on from step one until not only have you identified your problem that you're solving, but that you know, you're committed to solving this. And that means you're committed to spending a year, one year on solving this problem because things are going to go wrong. And if you can just pull out of the race, then you're not going to get very far because there will be inevitably problems <laughs> with this business. No matter what business you choose, there will be problems. So any business venture that I get into, even if I feel like it's not working out, even if I feel like it's crashing and burning, even if I feel like it's not what I thought it would be, I give it a year if I'm committing to moving forward with it. And if after a year's time you reevaluate and you say, okay, I need to pivot this, it needs to go in a different direction. And of course, while you're building a business, you're pivoting as you go. If you're, you know, you're sort of as an entrepreneur building the building the car or building the boat or building the scooter as you ride it, if you will. So, you know, you're pivoting along the way. But I mean, if the business is really not working and it's not the right model or the right um group of people, or if you're not interested in continuing, I think a year is a solid amount of time. So don't take this lightly. Don't start a business and think, oh, I'll just give it a shot. It's like, if you, I mean, you can do that, but I wouldn't recommend it. So what I see works well is you commit a year of your life to figuring this out and then you define the problem. Then you go and you talk to at least, at least five people, if not 10. And I mean, personally, you and that person get to know their problem, their unmet needs and desires, the stress or any problems they're facing right now with this particular problem and how it's impacting their day-to-day, -day, how urgent it is for them to solve it, any questions they have about it. Are they using a different solution at the moment? What are the inadequacies of that solution or the places where it's not meeting the mark Get to know as much information as you can within these interviews and record that information somewhere. It's the very first thing students are doing in Predictable Profit, which is my business building course for women to help them generate predictable and consistent income in their business. It's a very, very first step. Most people haven't done that yet. And so 
I implore you to do this. Um, I write out some of the questions in my book, Memorable. You can also Google this. There are videos. I mean, do not avoid this because you're worried about talking with your potential target audience. If you are not willing to talk to five people about your business, then it's going to be very, very difficult for you to run a successful business. You must be at the stage where you're willing to talk about it. And the lowest stake scenario that it could possibly be is you're not selling them anything in this conversation. You're simply learning about what it is that they're, what troubles they're facing. And so if you're number one, if your problem is not entirely clear, but you know who you want to serve, you can kind of do step two alongside step one, allow them to help you to define the problem. They'll tell you what their urgent issue is, and it should be urgent. It should be something that they're willing to resolve and spend money on. Now, will all five people you talk to want to spend money on it? And will it be the same amount? Probably not, but that's where you get into premium offers, low ticket offers, what you charge, and that's a little bit down the road. So we're not asking you to set your price just yet, but certainly step two is to talk to some people, make sure that your problem is a real problem for them and that it's urgent so that they'll be willing to spend money to solve it. People spend money to resolve pain, or to accelerate something that they want. If I can pay somebody to do something faster than me or that I don't want to do myself, I'll pay them. So time, expediency, or if somebody has a level of expertise that you don't have, it's it's all those are all reasons why someone will will pay you. So make sure that they that is the case for the situation and that they articulate it to you. So you're not selling in in step number 2. You're just getting to know what is their most urgent problem? And maybe you missed the mark on the problem you identified. Great. Update the problem you're solving based on the data you get in step two. Step three, develop your offer. Based on all the things they've told you that they want, all of the features, go ahead and develop your offer. The framework that I use, I mean, I use a couple of things, but one really great book is Alex Ramosi's book, $100 million offer. I'll link to it in the comments or the resources of this episode this is such a cheap option. This is the best possible way in my estimation to get some help to develop your offer. If you don't want to do a course like, you know, predictable profit, my course, where we go into this and then you get coaching and accountability and support through these five steps and beyond, right? Predictable profit is a year. Um, again, I think you should commit a year if you're really serious about building a business. Otherwise it's a hobby. It's a side hustle. And if you don't see it going beyond just working on it, sometimes then it's not really a business, right? It's kind of more hobby, passion project and no problem, right? No problem, but decide, decide what business means to you. Are you a seasonal business where you're going to work on it just sometimes? Is it based on the weather, based on your own personal schedule? That's fine. You can have a business that you only sell certain months of the year, right? And it's cyclical, fine. But just that doesn't mean you shut it down when you're not working on it. It means that your business is cyclical and that's okay, but commit to it. I really, I can't emphasize this enough. There's so many people that kind of stay on the fence of, oh, I want to start a business. I'm not really sure. Should I, shouldn't I? It's like, you've got to make the call. And maybe that's step, you know, zero before any of these, because you've got to commit. Um, so yeah, if you want support, you can join Predictable Profit. If not, Step number three of developing your offer, definitely check out his book. Um, as I said, I'll link to it. And developing your offer is critical because a lot of people try to do it based on the solution they want to provide or what they think people need. And it's really, 
I know this might sound harsh, but it's really not about you at all. It's really not. It's got to be all about the client. You know, that old adage, like the customer's always right. It's sort of like, yeah, the customer is always right. And they will tell you what they need and what they're willing to pay for. And you have to listen to that. Now you don't have to offer everything that they want, right? You don't have to offer everything, but you certainly need to offer some of the things if you want them to pay you. So you get to decide what parts of their problem set you're going to offer a solution to and which ones you're not. But so if you ran your customer interviews, well, you'll be able to dive straight into developing your offer based off of the problems that they're saying they have. And again, Alex does a great job of taking the problems people tell you they have and transforming them into how to's where you give them the exact keys solution to their problem. And then you get to decide how you deliver that, right? So are you doing that based off of an informational product, like a book? Is it through one-on-one coaching? Is it through a podcast? Is it through group coaching? Is it a tangible product? Is it consulting? Do you have a team that goes in and executes on the solution? Is it software that's solving the issue for them? How are you solving these people's problem? That's your delivery vehicle. You decide that, right? Based on how it is that you'd like to solve the problem. And that's, what's so fun about building businesses is there are many ways to solve the same problem. And so the creative part, the fun part is certainly coming up with ways that are high value for your client, low business cost to you, or if they're high business cost for you to deliver on, then of course you better be charging a higher price tag to cover your costs. So develop your offer. If you want help with this step, read Alex's book. It will walk you through step-by-step step and it's brilliant. If you want more than that, um, he doesn't offer coaching on that because he works with bigger businesses that have already scaled, but I do have predictable profit, which is my course. I love playing in this space where people are, you know, hitting their first six figures. I, I love that kind of first year of business from idea to hitting some revenue milestones. So that's the space I love to play in. So bring Bring me your offer, bring me your data about your customer interviews, and, and we can work on that unpredictable profit. Step number four, set up your business. So you have this offer. Now you need to have an LLC, C-Corp, some kind of way to receive money. Um, what you can do, and this totally depends on your country, and I know it's annoying to listen to an episode and be like, check with your accountant. But I mean, the reality is I'm not an accountant or lawyer, so I have to say, check in with your accountant or lawyer. But what I have seen done is, um, depending on the country, the first up to, let's say, $30,000 of income, depending on what you're doing, you can really just record personally. So if you're for whatever reason on the fence about what kind of business or LLC or C-Corp. I mean, I would just say, do your research and pick based on your needs. Um, if you want to raise money, you know, C-Corp, you're going to want shares. If you don't really care, LLC, you can always convert. This is really not, I had a whole coaching session with someone saying, I don't know, do I need to start a business or not legally? And it's like, okay, this should take you like a couple hours to make this decision, not months or weeks. So another thing about having your own business is absolutely, <laughs> you need to be able to make decisions to the best of your ability with the information available to you and then move on. That's like entrepreneurship 101 and you're going to crash and burn. I've made lots of mistakes. Um, that's just the name of the game. No, no amount of preparation is going to prepare you for bad business partnerships, clients that go rogue, people that don't fulfill on their promises, people that you know, sell you something that doesn't work or isn't what you thought or 
whatever. I mean, there's just so many different things that can go wrong that shouldn't stop you from making choices and moving forward on things. You have to iterate, you have to produce. Do not let step number four get in your way. Set up Stripe, set up PayPal, get a square reader, like find a way that you can take people's money, take cash, whatever you want to do. Okay. Have a, have a bag that takes cash. Like literally, I mean, you just need a way to take money for the service. And if you want to set up a business, which I do recommend, right? If you're going to do this for a year, we've committed to this. There are tax advantages. Decide with, with somebody you trust. They have sites that are literally business in a box. Um, there are cheaper ways to do it where you just set up, let's say the LLC, it's a couple, a couple hundred bucks, but do not let this get in your way of this analysis paralysis, have a way to receive money, have a business bank account. All of this should take a day in full for research set up all of it. Speak with somebody. I mean, not more than a day, definitely not. So step number four is logistics. Um, maybe on that, you could also add like a one page website just with key services, maybe a way for people to pay you from the website. Again, there's like Squarespace, ClickFunnels, Wix, Kajabi. You have WordPress, which I don't really like. Um, sorry, WordPress, <laughs> not as intuitive for clients, at least what I've found so far. So Squarespace is pretty intuitive. ClickFunnels is pretty intuitive. Kajabi is pretty intuitive. The costs all vary, um, you know, decide. You can always switch. It really doesn't matter. They'll all give you some level of like free trial or discount, but even then it's like, doesn't matter. Um, and then have a way to track your costs. So maybe, you know, some sort of basic accounting software. Again, this is not complicated. Don't make it more complicated than it has to be. People kind of mess around in this section. Just find there's, um, you know, if you want the kind of one package deal, you know, like Microsoft, Google, um, Zoho is another one that I like, and they're all really cost effective. You're paying five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12 dollars per user, and you get a meeting platform, you get email, like a to-do task manager, you have a planner for for different projects, a cloud storage, like you just get everything. So I mean, I'm not here to sell you software. <laughs> but but kind of get your ducks in a row when it comes to the back end of your business, have those bits set up. Of course, if you have a you know brick and mortar, then this step might take you a little bit longer. Fair. Um, but you know, what what's the money you're putting into the business? Are you loaning or or raising any money? That's a step you do it here. Um, one thing I would say about that from Founders Institute is just also know what you're getting into. I really didn't think much about the <laughs> which in retrospect is is quite silly, but I really just didn't think about what being a founder and what that lifestyle would be like and what giving up ownership of my business really meant and raising money and having somebody value my business at $6 million and, but want shares and different percentages for different things on top of that. And what is a 50,000 or 250,000 or $500,000 investment really worth to you because you are giving up control. I just didn't, I wasn't thinking about lifestyle or what this loss of control would really mean for me and my business. So, I mean, think it through anytime somebody's giving you money, whether it's a bank or an investor, you are beholden to them. I've coached and heard of many stories of founders being kicked out of their own business when they scale to a certain point um, and replaced as CEO. And that's totally fine if you're okay with that. But 
you just need to get a sense of why are you actually starting this business? And if you're clear on why you're starting the business and what you want the business to be, then that's totally fine. But being in a startup accelerator and wanting to scale to a billion dollar valuation is not for the faint of heart. And it's one business model and not every business model has to be a unicorn <laughs> or shooting for the stars or aiming to grow 3% month over month. You decide what kind of business you want. And I think that's probably step zero as well, but I wanted to kind of touch upon that at least at some point in this episode. So be clear about what you're trying to do. Do you want $200,000 a year, hundred thousand? You want to replace your salary? Do you want to be you know, a couple million a year? Do you want a team? Think about this, maybe even at this stage, right? Of, okay, so you've developed your offer. How are you executing on the offer? What kind of business are you building and what kind of volume are you doing? And what's the point? Like how many people do you want to serve, right? Do you want to be serving a thousand people a year, a hundred, one million, all going to play into the type of business model and structure that you have. And then last step, I know there's sort of many steps within each step, but last step is step five, help 10 people with the problem, help 10 people solve the problem. The basic example of, you know, okay, I'm going to be a babysitter. Okay. Go and babysit for five different families and see how it goes and see what you can charge and how the execution is, get feedback, build up some systems or automations. If you want to get some customer feedback. And also if you're working with anybody, if you have anybody helping you to execute, you know, get feedback from both sides, see what's working well, see what's costing more than you thought it would, see what's easier, harder, do some analysis. And so getting those first 10 clients does require you to talk to some people. You can do that organically. So you, you know, walk up to somebody and talk with them, whether online or in person, you can do that in a paid fashion. So you're paying for ads, which is like talking to people with a megaphone, right? Automated. So you can do it organically. You can do it with ads, or you can do it through partnerships and referrals, which still will require you to talk to people. So this phase, there's no getting around having to share about what it is that you're doing. If you want people to know about it and buy it and pay you. So again, this is another kind of call to just, you can't start a business and not want to talk to anyone. People that get into this idea and I've been in this trap of, okay, I'll just run ads. It's like, yeah, but did you do step one, step two, step three? Do you really have a clear offer? Have you tested it with the first 10 people? There's no, I, I to me, there's no running ads until you validated with 10 clients. That's my opinion based off of how I've crashed and burned in the past with ad spend. Obviously this is up to you, but that's just my opinion. Get 10 people to pay you for this. Do They would call it a beta or a pilot, right? With a startup, get some first users, some first clients, some first customers to validate the fact that, okay, if 10 people will use this tool or use this service or use this product, that's a pretty good sign. Now, are you going to discount it? Maybe, you know, some people are really against discounting. I don't think it's the worst thing to do trials or discounts for your first few units um, because those are going to be hopefully raving fans, but at the very least, you know, people that will be willing to give you feedback because they're willing to give you a shot in the beginning. So something's got to give, right? The quality, you can't, you don't have the social proof yet. And so quality might not be there. They've got to be lenient with you. Um, and so they have to be willing in some sense. And so you might do a price reduction. You might offer them bonuses as value add up to you, but step five, help some people. <laughs> you've identified a problem. You've developed an offer. You have your kind of back end. You have a way to take money, right? And get paid for what you're doing. Now go help some people.
that is step five. And once you've helped 10 people, then you can really look at the data and see how it is that you can go help the next 10, the next 20, 30, 30,000, 300,000, et cetera. But it all really starts at the level of the individual, which you would have learned if you listened to my series about Carl Jung. So, um, funny how that ties in here in some way, but it really does because your first 10 clients, they're all going to have these individual sort of needs and requests, and that'll help you to build avatars of your main client personas. You'll also learn about your main kind of client personas from those customer interviews you run. So, you know, this is all about being in discussion with your customer. At the end of the day, business is serving other people or other businesses, which are just other people. So you've got to be willing to interact with others. No way around it. Um, And that's the fun of it, really. So make sure the people you're interacting with are people you enjoy interacting with on a daily basis. Um, So again, step one, identify a problem. Maybe step zero is commit to doing this for a year and really think about your vision of the business. What do you want this to be, right? What's the scale? How do you want employees? Are you in person? Is it a product? Think about some of the qualities of the business. That'd be maybe step zero or ground zero. Identify a problem talk to potential customers about that problem and what they want or need. Step three, develop your offer. Step four, set up the business in a way to receive money. So a few logistical pieces. Step five, help 10 people with the problem, solve it, and then get some feedback and iterate. So those are the first step, five steps to building a business. If you want more on this, please do enroll or apply to enroll in predictable profit. We'd love to see you there. It's for women who want to build a business that generates consistent income. So they never have to work for someone else ever again. So we're really dealing in the landscape of replacing your corporate income, maybe high seven, high six, seven figures. Um, That's really the space we're playing in. What we're not doing is the unicorn $1 $1 billion valuation, startup founder, investors route. So just to be clear on what you're getting when when you think about predictable profit, that's what it is. I'll link to some resources in the show notes. And I really hope this has been valuable. The biggest thing you can do is go and iterate on this. Go and do something. Talk to someone. Solve a problem. Go, go and serve um, is the best way for you to, to actually be running a business. So um, don't allow yourself to get that, get in your head and, and be driven by analysis paralysis. Go take a step, go reach out to somebody, have a conversation. Anything that you can do to bring this into the real world is a very great next step. So I hope to see you on in another episode soon. If you found this useful, please do share it with somebody that is thinking about starting their business or someone that you're starting a business with, maybe someone that you know that's running a business but is spinning their wheels in the first few steps please do share it with them. And as always, review, like, comment, any way you interact with the show really, really helps me and the audience to just reach more people. So thanks so much for spending your time here with me today. And I will see you next time for another episode of the show. Take good care until then.